Welcome to the One Mic, One Voice show, Building the Collective Conscious, a show that is created to give space where your voice, ideas, and informed opinions can be heard, appreciated, and debated. I am Michael Eric Owen. And yay, yay. I'm your boy, DT, alongside my good friend, uh, scholar, uh, historian, entrepreneur, uh, the list goes on and on. Hey, I, rioter. I mean, come on, man. What? I can We're throw, talking about education. I can throw that right back at you. Right back at you, brother. Try. It is a blessing to be back in the studio. It is muggy outside, windy outside. We are in the 80s. Yeah. And, uh, man, I, I, I'm, I'm happy that we got some warm weather. Yeah, we've been waiting on it. We've been having what we call a sprinter. That's, That's a spring and winter mix. <laughs> so, man, yeah, like you, I'm, I'm happy to even see the, the temperatures above 60. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. We're in a fire danger, though. So if you those are listening in the in the in the what is it, northeast, western part of the state, mm. um, be careful. Yeah. Don't, don't be throwing your cigarette butts out there. Yeah. yeah. And then keep taking on the news later. Like, oh, what's going on? It's, like, it's you, man. <laughs> Right, right, right. Running the house. The uh, title of our show, as DT said, is What is Education? And um, as we, uh, the strike is over. The Oklahoma teacher strike is over. Man, they caved in. Teachers at the Capitol representing. There are still people there advocating for what the original fight was set to accomplish. And so it's not over. But the strike itself was over. Teachers had to get back in the classroom. Students needed to get back in the classrooms. And here we are. Okay, let me say this. If they had to start riding the buses and the Montgomery bus ride, it would have been over. It's over. I know they're sending delegates to the Capitol. Listen, folks, no change happens unless you continually put the pressure mm-hmm. and make it uncomfortable for lawmakers. No change will happen. And so, uh, man, I, I just was I was hoping the teachers were going to dig in. And uh, this is about the future of education in Oklahoma. And, um, you know, I, I know there's there's um, there's uh, school board members and administrators out there that will disagree with me. But, man, sometimes it is worth exhausting all efforts Mm -hmm. and i just think um why the turnout was man impressive i mean thousands upon thousands man it was thirty thousand at one point at the capitol man that was man that the unification was amazing but you know what um you know i just i just think they 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 stepped away let the pressure off and i don't think i may be wrong i hope i'm wrong I hope I'm, I hope that the legislature prove me wrong, and and that they do give them what they deserve. But at this point, in my opinion, it's a little bit more than breadcrumbs. I'm sorry, it's a little bit more than breadcrumbs to go a decade without a rage, raise to take all that money out of education over that decade, and to 
give them what they've received right now. Um, they All they asked for was to put us where we need to be. They didn't go over the top and say, you know, make us the number one, you know, um, uh, you know, financial education system in the country. Mm-hmm. Say, give, give, give me what I deserve. And when you give people less than what they deserve, you send a message to them is that you care more about the other things. It's about priority. Mm-hmm. It's about priority, man. I don't care what anybody said. The money is there. The money is there. It's about priority. And when you don't make education, what we're talking about today, equitable education, when you don't make that a priority, then you don't produce. You, the, 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 outcome, the outcome is a broken product. And, folks, I think what we see a lot, and this is nothing on our kids, this is nothing on our teachers, but you know what? This is what you gave me to work with. And I'm doing the best I can with what you have given me. And you haven't given me the best. Yeah, I explained to a lot of people that, you know, the raise is one thing, but to have actual funding necessary for the classroom is something totally different. Uh, for a teacher to get a raise and it's already coming out of their pocket to uh, facilitate everything they need for a classroom just means to me that now they have more money to come out of their pocket with. Uh and it's sad. And, but like you said, priorities are um, definitely a factor because we also know that Oklahoma is the top ranked or one of the top ranked states in funding incarceration. Say that. Say it again, brother. Oklahoma, if not the top, is actually a, an article came out that said number, Oklahoma is protein number one. But we are of the top states that fund um, vehemently <laughs> incarceration in prison. So. Mm. That's where our priority lies. And I'm trying to get Dr. Laura Pittman on our show. She is is a high-ranking official in the judicial system. And so we're trying to get her on here to just talk about what DT is talking about, these particular issues, and the data supports that. Man, We if, if we educate, we don't incarcerate. That's just the way it is. If we educate, we do not incarcerate. But we want to get into today's show, folks. And uh, we're going to take a break a little bit low, a little bit later in the broadcast because we want to get deep into this thing called what is education? The act or process of imparting or inquiring general knowledge, developing the powers of reasoning and judgment and generally of preparing one's, oneself or others intellectually for matured life. Hmm. Wow. A lot of immature people out there, man. man. You, you, you would think a lot of fifties acting <laughs> fifteen. <laughs> you would think as as long as we have been at this thing called education, we would have an educated sensory, right? Um, citizenry, excuse me. We would have an educated citizenry. But the truth of the matter is, we don't. We have, and, and don't, uh, listen, I'm going to use this word, and don't get offended by this word, but we have a lot of ignorant people. Now, folks will say, you, you know, you, it's, it's condescending. The ignorance, the definition is a lack of knowledge. It simply means you don't know that you don't know that you don't know. Did I go back on that one? Bro? Uh-huh. <laughs> I went back to the to old one Vintage DT. <laughs> Vintage DT. You don't know that you don't know that you don't know. Um, and and when you are living in a country, 
or let's just let's just expand that D to a world where we are inundated with facts and figures and and ideas and assumptions. Man, if you cannot critically think and decipher through the information, then you will simply be drawn astray. And you also be, as I would say, um, not able to make the proper judgments for you, your loved ones, and for society. Education is a serious, serious thing, man. It's a serious thing, man. The lack of knowledge Oh man, to be to believe whatever someone tells you, mm. to not question. I believe it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's right. You know, and 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 we're in these echo chambers, right? Whether it's liberal or conservative, we're in these echo chambers where people are only saying to us the things that we want to hear. That's not education. Education is challenging the very notions of the things you call your fundamental principles for living, right? It calls into question those things you have been taught, those things you have been read. It calls into question and makes you evaluate that effectively so that at the end you can come out with the proper conclusion. Mike, what if my way is the only way? That's what a lot of people think. My way is the only way. I understand. I am the learned in society it takes a very intelligent person to run our country. What did I just say? Oh, okay. <laughs> Man, when when you is that a subliminal? I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just be more direct. Have we ever had a president that has more of a limited vocabulary? Okay, we 45 and down the road. Okay. Hey, call it what it is, man. Don't be ashamed. We are 45 and down the road again. Make America great. It's going to be fabulous. It's going to be wonderful. Um, Lock her up. I mean, mean, the the limited vocabulary is, listen, is a, it points to, it's not a symptom. It is the evidence of a small mind. Of a, a, I don't care where he went to. You know what? You can go to Harvard. You can go to Yale. You can go to an ivory school. You can go to. You can go to some of the best schools in this country and come out dumb, mm-hmm. misinformed, lost. Okay, led astray. Okay, Trump University. Okay, oh <laughs> man, our show is not about him. But listen. Um, when you come off a scholar that was a president, now y'all may disagree, some of you that's listening may disagree with Barack Obama, but one thing Barack was, oh, he was a smart man, mm-hmm. scholar. First black to ever be the editor of the Harvard Journal, Law Journal. He's a scholar. Listen to the way he talks, he reasons. His intellect is right out in front of you. It, it absorbs you. Matter of fact, it overwhelms you. That was, okay, 44. Okay, now 45. <laughs> the contrast could not be greater, folks. What is education? We want to take a listen to here. 
And if you are a Patreon customer, become a Patreon customer. I'm telling you, you can watch these videos. You can get the show notes. You can follow right along with us. And and plus, you can get behind the scenes. Let me tell you something. DT be acting real crazy. You see the real. See, he all sophisticated on the mic. You know, all intelligent on the mic. But behind the mic, you see. <laughs> okay, I'm saying become a Patreon customer. And I'm telling you, you will be wowed by the magistry of DT. <laughs> but folks, let's take a listen. Be a Patreon customer. You can watch it along with us. We'll be right back. Education is an important tool that can uh, promote people's ideas. It helps my curiosity of everyday and daily life things. I can capture all the knowledge and can create my own wisdom. As a start to change human mindset. Simply future. Education means something, creating something out of nothing. So you enter the education and you become something else. Basic human right and a way to make a better future. It's the process of developing skills and getting a broad knowledge about society. Which can spruce my abilities, which can spruce my skills. It can give access to a lot of other things and opportunities. Thinking critically and uh, being able to question uh, things in society in a critical way. It gives you ability to make choices about your life. Is learning how to think and not what to think and being critical thinkers. Useful to create uh, uh, people with strong values who can change the world and other uh, things. Way of life, understanding of life and everything. Everything, uh, because I think it prevents you from making mistakes. Education grants the opportunity to a successful life. Transforming one individual into someone who is prepared for the future world when he steps out from a classroom. It's all about learning and you can do it in a classroom or outside. With education, you have a future. The most important part of our life which can really create us for better people. A means to better one's life and to that of those around you. Education brings out the maximum potential in each individual to develop talents and skills that we can use to create a positive impact in the world. It leads to innovation. Grow yourself as a person, not only in the institution, but also in the everyday life. It's the most important factor determining a society. It empowers people, so it creates an opportunity to the dawn that never exists before, and it empowers me to change the world as well. It made me who I am today, and I'm forever grateful for my university experience, and I wouldn't change it for the world. It's a crucial step towards success in life. Education isn't just about teaching people how to reconsider what they're doing, it's helping them reconsider why they're doing what they're doing. How to take care of ourselves, our community and our nationality and finally the global. It means you can achieve things and um, travel and um, see the world and hopefully make a difference. There are courses which teach facts and courses which teach skills. And there are courses which teach professional skills and courses which teach life skills. Education is about bringing those three together. Education is a tool to empower individuals to live up to their potential. It's lifelong learning. This is the strongest weapon to change the world. Empowerment and without education we cannot continue our dreams. Being empowered in order to achieve something in life. Uh, this opens your uh, eyes, opens your mind. It can also help me to improve myself as a woman to be equal to other men in the society. It's fun, first of all, then it's possibility and choice. It means being passionate about something. 
that makes you a better citizen. Education is a key factor for socio-economic development. Personal development, prosperity for the future. Opportunities. Education is essential for human development. Forming your mind, shaping it. This is the process by which a person develops his skills to develop the new Facebook, Adibaba, etc. It means social mobility for me. It is my asset forever. It's the essential part of uh, a human life. Learning and gaining knowledge. It means empowerment. It means being able to get a, to build a future for yourself uh, in an increasingly competitive world. All right, man. Um, that was an international perspective on what education actually means. And this is important because we can oftentimes de-localize these ideas and the importance of them. Right. Right. Um, the Northeast community or the north side of Milwaukee or the south side of Chicago, or Ferguson, right? We can localize these issues in on such a micro level that we don't understand the importance on the macro level, right? right. That all around the globe, people are pursuing knowledge. Let's stay there for a minute. All across the globe, mm -hmm. people are learning things. Mm -hmm. Why is that important? You know, uh, I mean, I I don't want to gross anybody out, but I heard overheard a conversation about a colonoscopy, you know, about a guy. And, and I was thinking, what if that was done 100 years ago? <laughs> it might be a little rough, right? Yeah. We probably didn't even have that procedure, right? Mm -hmm. How did that come about? Education, mm -hmm. knowledge, the study of the human body, the study of medicine, study of diseases, how to prevent them, right? Education, as a matter of fact, is the axis in which our world turns on. It's the progress in which we make is through education. I'm even taken back to our interaction with the Cairo students in Egypt. Mm. Uh, the fact that they called upon us to give a, a synopsis of what it takes to um, be a production. Mm. Uh, and the fact that they didn't have the same uh, leniencies, the same opportunities, the same uh, freedoms to speak in the way that we speak here, uh, which is which is in itself an education for us to understand that we are in a a unique situation here to be able to say what we want to say mm -hmm. without any backlash of getting your tongue cut out. Yes. Uh, lips cut off. I mean, <laughs> you know, whatever the consequences are. But uh, like you said, there are people all around the world who are experiencing education in quite different ways. And their attitudes toward education, the pursuit of education is a lot different from American people, given the fact that from the, the time you're a child, uh, you start from pre-K, uh, head start, whatever. Somebody is trying to impart knowledge upon you uh, where you may not get that education or experience until you will into your, your adult life. Uh, and I think that just speaks to uh, the importance 
that is placed in other regions than it is here in uh, not Oklahoma, but in America, mm-hmm. where we don't always take advantage fully of what we have in front of us. Let's let's look at the commonality, and we're gonna take a break here in just a second. But I wanna I wanna these are um, people from all over the globe talking about the importance of education. I w- this is what I want you to ask yourself when you think about a- education. Do these terms and ideas come to you? Let me let me just show you how common it is that geography has no bearing upon our desire for knowledge. Okay, this is what they say. Curiosity. Something out of nothing. It's a human right. Improves my ability. Knowledge. Thinking critically. Questioning things in society. What to think and how to think about it. Opportunity. Classroom outside. Lifelong learning. How often do we hear that? We are lifelong learners. This is a this is common throughout the world. People hear okay. about the program you in, like, oh man, you gonna be in school that long? <laughs> <laughs> you tripping. <laughs> Better one's life. Develop talents and skills. Innovation. Creativity. Change the world. Change the world. Wouldn't that be something? We need to change our world. It makes you think, why are you doing what you are doing? It makes a difference. I like this one. Strongest weapon to change the world. Education. How to think, not what to think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Equality. Passionate about something. And human, do you get this? Development. Hmm. Human development. Folks, take a break. We'll be right back. Oklahoma Humanities Brain Box Pod uses the humanities to listeners on a deep dive to some of Oklahoma's most interesting and knowledgeable humanities scholars to explore how history, literature, ethics, philosophy, and other humanities fields inform our understanding of current events and the human experience. And to find the Brain Box Podcast, simply search Brain Box Podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, and any other podcasting library. If you have any ideas or comments rattling around in your noggin, email us at brainbox at okhumanities.org. This is Josh K. And I am Leah Marie. And when we listen to podcasts, we always listen to One Mic, One Voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. Your choice. Education is the key to a life well lived, Mm. a life well understood, a life that understands that, guess what, there are many different views, many different perspectives. What is mine? Mm. Right? There is not necessarily this absolute of what is right and what is wrong. Well, there may be some absolutes. Some people will say there are. 
But what I say is that we must investigate each and every one of them. Don't be afraid. That's the problem with education, that people are so afraid to engage what they don't know. The fear that somehow this is going to change who I am. But that's a good thing. <laughs> right. Because, man, we need to change, don't we, D? That's right. I think uh, even sometimes uh, people are challenged by the fact that, uh, like we kind of uh, mentioned earlier, that the way I've learned is the way and the only way that things could be. And as you get uh, a chance to experience life, experience different people, um, enjoy the different cultures and customs that are out there that people have to offer, you understand that uh, it's quite, quite complex. <laughs> you know, it's not just a cookie-cutter way to understand yeah. everything, yeah. right? And I think the openness for somebody to come to a table and understand that they don't know everything mm -hmm. is the first step. Because even for myself, being college-educated, um, quote-unquote, uh, I, I, I come to many arenas understanding that I don't have the full picture. Yeah. And, and being open to understanding what the differences are or what the gaps in my information are helps me to be a better person because I can come to a table and understand that there is more to learn than what I've been taught already. Folks need to read. That's key. I, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to say I'm going to say it. I, and, and D, you know, I was just at the Perry Publishing and Broadcasting Women of Color Expo where I did yeah, a I presentation. Too. I appreciate you coming, bro. <laughs> and uh, I did a presentation, and D was, was, uh, was there, and I appreciate the support, as always, on, um, on writing and publishing. And I, I recall uh, a conversation that a lady had coming in. We had several authors there, and, and she said, I'm going to buy your book, but I really don't read. Yeah, really? <laughs> I was like, and what I said. What do you do to, with the stop sign? <laughs> keep going? <laughs> <laughs> and I said to her, you don't read? She says, no, I, I really don't. I, I really don't get into reading. And I, what, what I'm thinking, let me, let me just use this analogy. What mama and daddy taught you, oh, that's probably about a fourth of what exists. Mm. My mother and father never went overseas. I've been in just I've been on just about every continent except for Asia. Right? You've heard me say I spent six months on the continent of Africa. D's been there, been throughout Europe, South America. And as you have pointedly said, that when you get out and you start experiencing different cultures, you go. Man, Whoa. Um, this is not the end all, be all, what I've just came from. There's much for me to learn in this world. And it shapes you and it changes you. And you grow in such a way that you have so much respect. When I hear these people against the immigrants, we bomb in Syria, right? Yet we won't let them in this country. Have you ever met someone from Syria? I can guarantee you they are interesting, they are smart, they are curious, they have a desire to excel just like you. Those phrases and ideas that we just, we just expound, I can guarantee you that they would ascertain to those as well. I mean, the, the ignorance 
to call all Mexicans rapists, murderers, murderers, drug kings. Don't you know Mexican culture is beautiful? It's beautiful. You ever had a taco? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> the music, the dance, the family. Come on, man. Are you are you kidding me? I mean, there is so much for us to learn, and that learning begins in the institutions of learning. And we do a disservice when we do not expand the young minds that are in our classrooms. Now, I don't want to, again, speak disparagingly of our teachers because they're working hard. They're working hard. Um, And we need to support them. But is education equal? Mm. Is it equal? Has it been equal? I mean, we can look at the history, the history, the timeline of education. Has it been equal? I mean, the, the reality is there was a time where black and brown folks was against the law to read. I mean, you couldn't even burn your eyes out, man. You know, John Lynch, the great John Lynch, who became a um, congressman, learned how to read sitting outside the schoolhouse. That's determination. He was listening when he wasn't supposed to, when it was against the law. He was listening and saying, there's something I, I, I need to know what's going on around me. I need to be able to participate, and the only way I can is to gain knowledge. But the history. All right, get this, Mike. So uh, the first public school in the American colonies, uh, Boston Latin School, opens in 1635. 1635. Uh, A little bit over 10 years later, Massachusetts Bay Colony becomes the first to require towns of at least 50 households to hire a teacher to educate the town's children. Towns of 100 families should build public elementary schools. And mm-hmm. so we know that <clears throat> slavery didn't end till when? 1865? 1865. So for black folks, you're 200 years behind the curve before mm-hmm. you even introduce to the idea of education. How many years, you say? 200. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's a big gap, right? That's a huge gap. If you had been running around the track for 200 years before I got started, what does that mean for me? I'm I'm way behind. And you know what, what D behind. you know what D was sticked out to me? People died not ever having an education. And they passed on to their offspring what? A lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So get this, 1954, the US Supreme Court rules schools segregated by race are unequal and therefore unconstitutional so we're still in this fight even what 50 years back from today 60 years back from today seven years back from today uh just being introduced to the idea of having somewhat of an equal educational experience formal education yeah uh i I think i talked to you earlier about watching a um a tv show Mm. uh slave related Kids are looking through the peephole, trying to hear what the little kids are learning. And one of them slips in and grabs a book. The lady stops him like, whoa, you might want to slow down on that. This above your understanding. Mm. These are things in this book you might not get. Mm. Mm. And um, what does that say? 
to a person trying to you're, 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 you don't have the capacity to learn this is this is not for you it's above your grade level right okay you're the wrong color right cuz that's really what it was i mean white kids were given the opportunity to be educated and black kids were not and um and it's sad to think that in once upon a time in our american cycle that um these things existed but if we if we take a view now toward the present mm-hmm. we see black and brown kids saying I don't read. Education's not going to do anything for me. When you had young black kids desperate to learn, would do anything that they could to read and write. But in the modern era, today's era, we simply (laughs) dismiss it. 1965, Congress passes the Elementary and Secondary Education School Act, providing aid to secondary and primary schools and helping educate poor children. Mm. Mm. Fast forward up to now, 2000, uh, an NCES study reveals that only 31% of new teachers feel very well prepared to integrate technology into their curriculum. Mm. We understand how important technology is today, right? And only 31% of the teachers 18 years ago felt well prepared to implement technology into their curriculum. It's the wave of the future, brother. Is education equal? Let's take a listen to this right here and then you tell me. Well, that education is the key to success and that having a high school and college diploma will open up career doors. But not everyone gets the same access to a good quality public education. Growing up being in Chicago public schools, you know, I always was in classrooms feeling like, you know, I wasn't learning anything. Hey guys, I'm Dina, this is AJ Plus, and today we're looking at the challenges that students of color face trying to get an education in our school system. People of color make up 40% of our student population, but only 17% of our teaching force. And that's a major obstacle preventing students from getting an equal education because a lack of teacher diversity impacts student performance. In the last decade, we've lost 26,000 African-American teachers, even though teaching as a profession has been growing. AJ Plus recently visited Chicago, a city that's lost 40% of its black teachers since 2002. We spoke to G2 Brown, a community activist there, who told us how the schools have changed changed in his lifetime. Went to an elementary school with a diverse teaching staff, so I had the veteran black teachers, but I had white teachers, I had a Puerto Rican teacher, right? I had uh, love from all shades, and, 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 but I was able to look at a teacher and see myself, which is dangerous today because with the advent of privatization, black teachers are disappearing from the public school system. And so that's my son's reality. This is also the reality for students all over the United States, including New Orleans, which has lost more than 60% of its black teachers, and Los Angeles, where there's been a 33% decrease since 2002. So why is this happening? 
Well, many factors are contributing to the decline, including low retention rates for black teachers. These losses are also the result of the massive restructuring of education that's taken place in the last few years, including the closing of low-performing schools and their replacement with charter schools. Many of these low-performing schools were staffed with minority teachers who had roots in the community. And when they're gone, students suffer. In addition to providing students of color with strong role models, the number of black teachers directly influences how black students perform academically. It's significant decreases the likelihood of black male youth from dropping out of high school. And a Vanderbilt study found that black students were enrolled in gifted programs half as often as their white peers, even when they had the same achievement scores. But that gap narrowed dramatically when high-achieving black students had a black teacher. Other studies have shown that white teachers have lower expectations for their black students, assuming they won't graduate from high school or earn a college degree, and that those lower standards may be self-fulfilling prophecies. You go to look at that little boy, and despite the fact that little boy may not comb his hair, despite the fact that little boy doesn't talk a lot, you have to watch them, you have to engage with that child, so you start realizing what they do well. Then you use what they do well to build their sense of self. And then you begin to challenge them to do more. The number of minority teachers also impacts how students of color are disciplined. And discipline plays a critical role in this equation because it determines whether or not students are in the classroom at all. You may have heard of zero-tolerance policies, a trend among schools to crack down on minor infractions with harsh penalties, like suspension for being late or violating the dress code. The rise of these policies nationwide led to a doubling in the number of students suspended between 1974 and 2001. Zero-tolerance also resulted in the increased presence of police officers in schools, which is another part of a trend you may have heard about, the school-to-prison pipeline. The school-to-prison pipeline describes how students are increasingly being punished in the juvenile or criminal justice systems rather than by school officials for things like cutting class. This is a problem because it labels kids criminals and tends to push them out of the education system altogether. And these policies are disproportionately applied to minority students. A report by the U.S. Department of Education found that black students are suspended and expelled three times more often than white students. And the race of teachers also plays a role. A researcher at the University of California, Santa Barbara, found that black students are more likely to be considered, quote, disruptive than white students. But this changes if a black student has a teacher who's of the same race. All of these factors are on top of a bigger problem, a segregated education system. After years of efforts to desegregate America's schools, there's still proof that things are starting to look like they once did, separate and unequal. Brown versus Board of Education was supposed to fix this, but six decades later, studies repeatedly show that schools responsible for the education of black and Latino children are underserved, underfunded, and often without experienced teachers. Today, the average white student attends a school in which 75% of their peers are also white. Meanwhile, black and Latino students typically attend schools where their peers are two-thirds people of color and less than a third white. That means that schools today are almost as segregated as they were in the 1960s. So what happened exactly? Well, in in short, there was limited oversight of these desegregation efforts. In 1971, the Supreme Court ruled U.S. public schools could be desegregated through busing, and it worked. Minority students began performing better academically at integrated schools. But over time, many school districts across the country were released from court-ordered desegregation plans that eventually allowed for the schools to become segregated again. And this has led to widening gaps in test scores between white, black, and Latino students across subjects. So, segregated schools and resources, fewer minority teachers, and higher rates of discipline are all making it harder for students of color to receive a quality education in this country. There's a lot more we need to do to level the playing field and ensure that all American children have the opportunity to realize their full potential.
So, what was your school like growing up? Do you feel like you got a fair education? Let us know in the comments and make sure you check out all of the videos in our Chicago series. And of course, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube page. Wow. Man, I, I don't, I don't, that's, that's a lot to unpack. Yeah. That is a lot to unpack. We're talking about inequities in the education system. We, we've talked about the importance of education. We've even looked at it from an international perspective. Now we're, we, we talked about the history, deep broke down the timeline of education in America. Now we're looking at the inequities of education. And think about where we're at right now. Man. Still lacking, right? Man, okay, I don't... Uh, okay, let me see here. Okay. I, I don't even know where to begin. Um, the brother in Chicago said he... Felt like he wasn't learning anything. Anything. Uh, 26,000 black teachers lost. 40% of the black teachers in Chicago have went bye-bye, right? Um, 60% loss of black teachers in New Orleans, okay? Um, 33% in other areas. Low retention rate. When you get rid of lowering, see, this is what people don't understand. A lot of black teachers were teaching in low-performing schools. Why? Because they were the most difficult, right? We didn't have a lot of white teachers flocking to inner-city schools. And so what the, what the school district said, well, they're low-performing. We're going to close them down. They didn't give jobs to black teachers, Black teachers didn't follow those kids. Now, I know we have critics that will say, man, a teacher's a teacher. <laughs> I don't think anybody, well, let me, let me back up. I know some blacks that will probably say teachers are teachers. But the majority of black folks, we like to see somebody that look like us. It means something. It's there, there's a different connotation. There's a different reaction. There's a different sort of, especially for a young child. Mm -hmm. Now, I think the fundamental message sin is that education is important on whatever level you accept that. Especially at. a black man mm -hmm. in the classroom. Well, let me say this, man. I, you know, I, I, I feel kind of hypocritical here because I'm a, I'm a, I have to admit when, when I, when I have these public school discussions I'm reluctant to be as engaged and as critical because I'm basically a private school kid okay. I went to public school we went by St. Agnes right where I mm -hmm. went to where of course I was bullied and beat up and jumped on and all the others called me green eyes and you know, all that crazy stuff. I, you know, I, I don't think I learned my ABCs at, at uh, you know, at Keith Avenue. I ran home every day. I used to watch the clock, D. And when the clock struck, man, I ran through the school and ran home. That was my public school education. But I'm telling you, that's what my experience was. Now, are all public schools like that? No. But that was Michael Eric Owens' experience. So I'm a private school gent. Right, my my parents decided to put me in St. Agnes, and they decided they decided to put me in Dominican High School. 
and most of my teachers were white teachers. And I have to say that most of my white teachers were amazing. They were amazing. You met some of them. Mm-hmm. Come on, Dr. July, oh, Professor Golden. Smith. Come on, man. Golden. I mean, so 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 I'm not saying I, I don't get this twisted. I'm not saying that 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 white teachers cannot impart knowledge and love to minority kids. That's not what we're saying here. This is not what it's about. But I'm saying the lack of black teachers is detrimental. The lack of Hispanic teachers is detrimental to a to an education system that what D should be reflective mm-hmm. of American society. Uh, like you, I actually had experience of both. I went to public schools. My post secondary education in St. Gregory's was was private, um, but I went to Millwood uh, also, which is uh, predominantly black students, but not all black teachers. And speaking to the importance of even having a teacher that even gave a damn about you, yeah, whether they're white or black, uh, make an impression on the kid trying to get through that system. You know, the bullying, the the, the everything that come with being a student. You know, cat trying to put you in a chokehold. You know, <laughs> it's like man, I'm just trying to eat lunch. You know? Right, right, right. I mean, luckily for me, I didn't have many experiences like that. Yeah. But I mean. I mean, it's critical to have somebody uh, that looks like you, like you said, be a leader in a classroom, be somebody that you can uh, have some level of Mm -hmm. relatability to. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And uh, for most kids to already have this oppressive Mm -hmm. attitude about what it is to be living in their own Mm -hmm. skin in in the Mm -hmm. society, in Mm -hmm. the school system. Yeah. Having some level of comfortability with the person who's giving you information mm-hmm. is critical to to you growing and understanding that this is something that you should be engaged with. But I tell you, if my uncle was a teacher, okay, the one that really raised me, I would have been a perfect soldier. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> to have that black man in the classroom, all he had to do was look at me. No. I'd have been shaking it, you know. I'd have been shaking in my boots, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Because he didn't play, right? There's, there's something. I, again, I, I, I get it, folks. I get it that we want, we want to say, Michael, you ain't right when you say this. I get it. I accept that. But there's something about a black male in the classroom that that stature. That presence, that posture, the aura, the aura that to for a black boy, oh man! And he, get this right when you were in trouble, that seems at a black man's classroom. <laughs> That's how it was at Millwood. Yeah, Coach Robinson was his name. <laughs> Can't make you stand out like you like you on a cross. <laughs> right. You got two dictionaries in both hands. <laughs> right. Standing in front of the whole classroom until you break. <laughs> right. You can't take it no more. And that's set an example yeah. for anybody else who, yeah. you know, thinking about acting yeah. up or whatever. Yeah. But like you yeah. said, man, it make a difference. Make a big difference. It does make a di- big difference. And and as we see, we see the flight of black teachers out of the education system. And w- then we see the consequences of that. And the graduation rates of black males, the the school to prison pipeline. Come on, 
I mean, we I, I, maybe it's in the catalog. I think we did a show on that with Dr. Ketchum. I think we had him on there. Go back I and look it at it. Beautifully. Um, it, it, it exists. It exists, folks. Black and brown kids are being targeted. What does it say? Three times more than their white counterpart students? It's the data's there. Don't argue with the data. Argue with me. Don't argue with the data. It's there. And there's and there's implicit biases that play into that. When we have I don't think we should have and okay, let me let me back up here for a minute. Because I, I begin to kind of rethink. I took a position. I sit, and this is not, let me just say this, this is Michael Eric Owens. I'm not speaking for the Oklahoma Human Rights Commission. We did a we did a school to prison pipeline study uh, a couple years ago um, that looked at Oklahoma, right? I took a position, me, not the not the commission. I took the position that no police should be in schools because what they represent and what the essence of the police force is to enforce the law has no has no, in my opinion, no place in that. However. I begin to rethink that in the in the light of the school shootings. So I'm torn between this idea of having them there because we need our police force. We need them in these dire situations. Um, but somehow we have to strike a balance between an officer being seen as the enforcer of a law, vice the principal and the teachers being able to react to a situation where they are needed in a particular school. So for me, I'm 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 betwixt that. That's that's that those are my conflicting thoughts. D, but I, I want to get to this 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 is Norm Chomsky. If you don't know Norm Chomsky, he's a scholar. He's been man, this this guy has written multiple books. He's a dissident. He's you know he you know, when when Norm speaks, we need to listen. And he talks about a truly educated person. What is a truly educated person? We're going to wrap this show up. But, folks, listen to Mr. Chomsky. Noam Chomsky. I'm a retired professor at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, where I've been for 65 years. Uh, I think I can do no better about uh, answering the question of what it means to be truly educated than to go back to some of the classic views on the subject. For example, the views expressed by the founder of uh, the modern higher education system, uh, Wilhelm von Humboldt, leading humanist uh, figure of the Enlightenment, who wrote extensively on education and human development and uh, argued, I think, uh, kind of very plausibly that the uh, core uh, principle and uh, requirement of a fulfilled uh, human being is uh, the ability to inquire and create uh, constructively, independently, uh, without external controls uh, to move to a modern 
counterpart, uh, a leading physicist uh, who taught right here, uh, used to tell his classes that it's not important what we cover in the class, it's important what you discover. Uh, to be truly educated from this point of view means to be in a position to inquire and create on the basis of the resources available to you, which you've come to appreciate and comprehend, uh, to know where to look, to know how to form, formulate serious questions, to uh, question a pr um, standard doctrine if, it, if that's appropriate, uh, to find your own way, to uh, shape the questions that are worth pursuing, and to uh, develop the path to pursue them. That means knowing, understanding many things, uh, but also much more important than what you have stored in your mind, to know where to look, how to look, how to question, how to challenge, uh, how to proceed uh, independently to uh, deal with the challenges that uh, the world presents to you and that you develop in the course of your self-education and uh, 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 inquiry and uh, uh, investigations in cooperation and solidarity with others. That's what an educational system should cultivate from kindergarten to the high graduate school and in uh, the best cases sometimes does. And that leads to uh, people who are, by, at least by my standards, well-educated. Okay. This man has been teaching for 65 <clears throat> years. Veteran. 65. I think he knows a little bit about <laughs> learning in education. I'm reminded of a quote by Dr. W.E. B. Du Bois. Some of us may recognize that, the duality of being black and, and being an American and the soul of black folk. Mm. <laughs> the revisionist um, historian, the first black to get a sociology degree from Harvard, Dr. Du Bois said, the function of the university is not simply to teach breadwinning or to furnish teachers for the public school or to be a center of polite society. It is above all to be the organ of that fine adjustment between real life and the growing knowledge of life, an adjustment which forms the secret of civilization. Dr. Du Bois. Norm talks about the professor that said, it's not important what we cover. Oh, I love this, man. Oh, but what we discover. discover. Right. <laughs> how many of us are discovering? How many of us, D, it goes back to what you talked about. How many of us feel like we know it all? Mm. <laughs> like there's nothing to be discovered. Do we, we are on the tip of the iceberg of knowledge. How Especially dare the surface? It's the surface. How dare do we think we have achieved to the point where we know it all? Only a fool think he knows or she knows it all. He talks about formulating the questions. 
I like that phrase. Mm-hmm. That means that I take time and I contemplate mm-hmm. what the question is, right? I just don't ask. I need to formulate it. I need to think about it. I need to research on it. I, I need to put some things together even before I can even offer the question. <laughs> How many of us are so enthralled with learning that we would even begin by formulating the question. He talks about finding your own way. Mm. Man, people are lost, D, and they don't even know they lost. Bro, they they on a journey. They don't even know what the destination is. Mm. What is the end goal? They don't know. They just driving. They don't even have GPS. (laughs) They don't even have the old school map. (laughs) They just stopping at the gas station, (laughs) filling up. Headed out. Headed out have no clue where they are going simply because they have not embraced learning. You see, it is through learning. It is through these things, discovering who we are, formulating the questions, critically critically analyzing the things that we deal with each and every day in our lives, the things that we read. That's our navigation. That's our GPS. That tells us I need to take a right or I need to take a left or I need to make a U-turn, right? Mm -hmm. But when you are just on on the road to where? You're on the road to nowhere. Destruction. (laughs) Find your own way. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) He says, shape the question that is worth pursuing. Some questions are not worth pursuing. Some knowledge is not worth even going after. There's a lot of foolishness in this world. Some things 45 is saying is not even worth investigation because it's stupid. It makes no sense. We've heard you already say the things that you say, but you say you didn't say it. Well, it's no sense to even pursuing whether that's truth or lie, right? How to question and challenge inquiry and investigation. Man, I I tell you, there was a time that people were rewarded for their investigation skills, for their challenging skills, for debating something that was put on the table. Nowadays, people crucify you. Mm -hmm. You being indifferent. Insensitive. Yeah. You don't want to follow the group. Right. You don't want to have group think. You want to think your own. But each and every one of us is called to do what we call critically thinking and to debate the issues of our time and of our lives. Why, D? So that we can arrive at the correct decision. Right. Only a foolish man reacts. A wise man takes the moment to contemplate to reflect to reflect right Mm -hmm. to meditate before one speaks and moves that's what education is about now the inequities of education have to be overcome they have to be overcome we can't we can't produce black and brown children for the future and as 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 the mayor of oklahoma city my good friend Mayor Holt has talked about the demographics of Oklahoma and how it's changing and how the minority will be the majority in Oklahoma. We need to think about that. 
We need to invest in them that will lead this state. We know for the country, the minority will end up being what? The majority. majority. We have to invest in that. If we don't invest in that, we're killing ourselves. It's only a fool would drive off a cliff when he knows the cliff is there. That's where we're at in education. We're more segregated. We're just as segregated as we were in the 1950s. Come on. Shame on us. (laughs) The leaders, right? Those that are in power. Man, where are the Martins? Where are the Martins? Man, the sacrificial leaders. Those that will stand up. And speak truth to power to bring about change in our society. D, we heard from a teacher, right? We heard from a teacher. We did. What Uh, did she say? Teacher sends in a very powerful and profound statement. Shante Gills Robinson is a community activist, a teacher, a mentor, a counselor. Uh, She says this. She says, I love you even though you are not mine. I have loved you since the first day I laid eyes on you. I protect you with all that is in me. I carry and conceal my own emotional and financial struggles so that I can help you carry yours along with being your listening ear, a shoulder to cry on, feeding you, educating you, as well as being one of your biggest fans. I cherish every moment that I get to borrow you for several hours each day. Not for one moment do I ever take you for granted. You teach me something new on a consistent basis as well as challenge me to be the best version of myself. I go to bed every night and wake up each morning hoping that I can continue to inspire you the way that you inspire me. Every day I'm hoping, wishing, and praying things will change. And and although I am tired, frustrated, and upset, tearful, wanting to give up, I will continue to fight for you. This fight is harder than usual, but I will keep digging in the trenches until you get what you deserve. Because that, my dear, is unconditional love. Love your teacher. History will speak of us. One day in the future, a scribe will reach down deep into the archives of our time. And what will she find? Will she discover that we overcame our differences? Will she find that out of many, we became one? Or will she find that we solved nothing? and remain a divided peoples. Yes. History will speak of us. We can make a difference if we try. We can be the change that's in our life. All we gotta do is work together. We gotta raise our children better. We gotta stop the hate, stop the hate, and spread the love. One mic, one voice, you can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice, you can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice, you can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice, you can change the world, it's your choice.
Today's broadcast is being brought to you by Blacken Studios. To learn more about Blacken Studios, please visit them at blackenstudios.com or visit them on their Facebook page, Blacken Studios. Today's broadcast is also being brought to you by Perry Publishing and Broadcasting. To learn more about Perry Publishing and Broadcasting, please visit their website at perrypublishingandbroadcasting.net. The opinions of the One Might One Voice show do not reflect the views of Blacken Studios or Perry Publishing and Broadcasting. Thank you for downloading the One Might One Voice show.